Hello, White Sox fans, and welcome to another edition of White Sox Daily Live. My name is Ian Eskridge, and I'm here with my co-host, the Danny Miller. How are you doing, Danny? Hi. <laughs> uh, not so bad, man. Uh, you know, coming off a uh, nice long holiday weekend here. Got to spend some time with some friends and fam, uh, including our very own Mark Orr and his family. Nice. Uh, you know, fattened myself up on uh, the big bird and taters and gravy and all the fixings that go along. Uh, it was pretty good. You know, uh, and uh, for the first time, I feel like in a while, we have some significant Sox news to talk about here this week. Uh, a couple of different things going on that I'm sure we'll get into. So, Kind of really looking forward to this one. It's it's been a little bit of a, a slow moving uh, news cycle here the last month or so. You know, aside from a few coaches being hired and some other things, but uh, yeah, some exciting things kind of happening in the background here. So uh, I'm ready to get into it. But uh, anyways, how are you doing, man? How was your weekend? Uh, it was good. My parents came up from uh, North Carolina. Got to hang out with them a little bit. Uh, had a couple of shows, one on Black Wednesday and then one on the following Saturday, and uh, those went well. Yeah, it was good. Back to work. Nice, very nice. Meh. You know, work. Well, yeah, that, that thing kind of came up today, this morning. Uh, you know, the old alarm clock went off, and I went, well, this sucks. <laughs> but, you know, yeah. <laughs> The bills don't stop coming. Christmas is around the corner, and I need to put some cash in my pocket. So I guess I'll just go ahead and do the thing. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, I do know. Uh, yeah. Yep. So uh, we have uh, Jeff Head, and the White Sox also signed a deadhead. So there's that. Oh. Hey, you like how I tied those two together? I see what you did there. Yeah. So uh uh if you live under a rock. Um Yeah, maybe you don't know. Yeah, maybe you don't know. Uh but the White Sox signed Mike Clevenger um for one years and twelve million dollars. Um how slightly you, more than I expected him to get. Do you really think so though? I mean the I basically the way I I always look at this is I take Corey Kluber, and granted Corey Kluber had like a obviously was dominant for for quite a while, but he got injured and then came back and had absolutely no track record of health or success after the injury, and he got ten million. So Clevenger like 4 years later getting 12 million after pitching around 120 innings last year. And I mean, you know, obviously stop me if you heard this before, but a guy coming off TJ and rehabbing off a of TJ uh lost gas down the stretch mm. down the year. Hmm, where have we heard that Imagine before? That. Yeah, no. No, yeah. no idea what you're talking about. Yeah, I mean, I hear of course people I'm complaining being all over the place about uh, you know about this particular issue is that he wasn't very good last year. Um, I mean, he looked pretty good against the White Sox. I mean, not that that's really any great shakes, but you know, his last start of the year, he went six innings and allowed one run. I mean, you know, and that's that's after he lost his you know fastball over the you know over the course of the year. So, yeah, yeah. There's uh, there's some familiarities there for sure. Uh, you know, uh, there, it's it's going to be difficult to talk much about him that hasn't already been put out there by uh, pretty much the rest of the bloggers and sports writers and YouTubers and every other podcast and stream that's out there. But, uh, you know, I kind of have to agree with the general consensus on him uh, at the typical moment is, you know, you bring up the fact that in, he was indeed uh, coming off of the uh, TJ rehab last year. Uh, he did pitch about 115 innings. 
And, you know, the velo was down. So you got to hope that uh, after, you know, finally getting the arm stretched out last season, he can kind of start to return to form this season, maybe get a couple miles an hour back on that fastball, start missing a few more bats, and uh, it could be a good addition. Well, you know, Uh, his velo tailed off throughout the year. So, I mean, it's not like he didn't have it to start off with. Right, and and, and that's the thing. You know, there's, there's bound to be a little bit of that dead arm after not pitching for, you know, somewhere in the neighborhood of 15 to 18 months. So, you know, when that kind of thing happens, somebody goes, you know, 115 innings, those, you know, those last 30, 40 innings are, are a little taxing. So it's, it's bound to be expected. Uh, my only hope now is that he can, I, you know, I don't even care if he returns to his 2019 form. You know what I mean? Where we're talking about, somebody who had an ERA in the low twos, you know, and was striking out batters uh, at a much more higher clip than he had been uh, this past season. You know, he didn't miss a lot of bats, but he did still have a, a decent ground ball rate uh, and a decent uh, strikeout to walk rate. So, you know, it tells you the command is still there. There was just uh, some issues with, like we said, velo and maybe catching a little bit too much of the plate. Uh, you know, all things that potentially could uh, get better one year uh, further removed from the surgery. So, you know, that's kind of where my hope is. And, uh, you know, even if we get the guy that we saw last year, he can still be a decent, you know, back end of the rotation type pitcher. Unfortunately, uh, it looked like the Sox already had one or two of those guys in their rotation last year. We were kind of hoping for a two or three year. Yeah. So, you know, it's early in the off season. Uh, is you and I talked a little bit when this, uh, when the signing was first being leaked as being close. Uh, you know, I was kind of hoping that the white Sox would go out and uh, at least we would hear that they are courting left-handed pitchers that they are in. They had a seat at the table even. Just, you know, give me something that says we're looking at a lefty, uh, and we haven't gotten that yet. But, you know, the winter meetings are coming up on us here pretty quickly, and maybe we'll hear more. Well, I mean, that's the thing about the AL Central is that we have the – Well, oh, good I evening, mean, Ivan. At one point – yeah, welcome, Ivan. Thanks for uh, thanks for stopping by. And uh, uh, Mr. Donuts. Yeah, Mark Orr. Good to see you. You know, it's – the the White Sox had, you know, the dominant – lineup hitting lefties and then all the lefties left the the division for the most part you know except for relievers right. so it didn't really you know do us a whole lot of good and they didn't really hit it all anyway last year so it really wouldn't have mattered anyway right um, <laughs> but yeah i so some of the arguments that i've seen about the clevenger signing a too much money which you know I mean, I, it, at this point, I don't think so. I was just thinking, uh, going off of what uh, you know, MLB trade rumors kind of had his uh, expected, uh, you know, one year contract to be between eight and ten. Uh, Twelve is just a small bump, and I'm totally fine with it. You know, it's not, it's not. Uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for here? I guess I'm just. It's it's not an overpay. Well, by any stretch of the means, is even if you get the guy that he was last year, it's probably pretty close to what you could expect from, you know, those kind of numbers. Well, here's the thing, right? So, White Sox don't get Zach Wheeler. They offered him a little bit more money than the Phillies offered him. Fans complain and said that they should have offered to pay a little bit more to get him here. So, I mean, it's like it's a, a lose-lose proposition here is that either A, you're paying too much or you're not, you know, you're, you're only, you know, say they only offered 10 and he had another offer for 10 from, I don't know, you know, maybe the Angels or something, you know, and then the White Sox don't get him. So if that's the guy that they wanted to get, you go out and you pay a little bit more. I mean, we've been talking right. about this for several years now how we feel like the White Sox always tend to get cute when it comes to contract negotiations 
And the one time that they go out and they pay market value and maybe even a little overpay, and then everybody's like, oh, I was expecting it to be eight. You know, it's like a difference of $4 million. I mean, yes, I understand with the constraints that the White Sox put on their own payroll that $4 million seems like a lot with how tight they're trying to run their budget. But in the grand scheme of things in Major League Baseball, $4 million is a drop in the bucket. Yeah. And, you know, I got to be honest with you. Uh, there's still a part of me that uh, either wonders or hopes, I guess, that uh, maybe that those uh, budget numbers that we've kind of been hearing early in this offseason might be a little bit of smoke and mirrors, might be something that, you know, they're just kind of throwing out there for the time being until they see, you know, the market kind of set itself a little bit. And uh, if, you know, they need to, you know, dip into the bank a little bit more, maybe they will. Uh, I imagine that uh, Rick Hahn now having the manager that he wanted to hire and the new staff that he liked to bring in. And we'll get into that a little bit more, too, because there have been some additions. And, you know, you brought it up, Jeff. Ed. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about that in a second. But, uh, you know, it, with these additions, you would think that maybe – just maybe he's going to be pushing pretty hard to get the moves done that he would like to get done to get his baby back on track. You know, uh, we talked about the rebuild kind of stalling out under uh, Tony La Russa. Uh, you know, I don't know if all of these are moves to try to get the most out of what they have already, because, uh, you know, let's be honest, the team that Rick Hahn did build at the height of this rebuild has been underperforming. A, a large chunk of it has been underperforming. Some of it due to injury. Some of it just due to you know lack of gamesmanship. You know, I, I there is we could put our finger on so many different pulses of this baseball team and kind of find out that all those pulses have been pretty weak. You know, it's been a weak pulse all the way around. And and there there might be there 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 may be some truth to them not going and doing a ton. But you would also hope that if they got the guy out there, there's you know they've got this guy that they're looking at. He's the guy outside of you know Clevenger. You got to think maybe just maybe the purse strings open up a little bit more than that you know hundred and eighty million dollar tag we've been given. Yeah, you know. Hey Grimtall, good to see you. Thanks for popping in. Hey Grim. Um, yeah, I you know there's keeping us honest as always. I mean the thing you know the. Uh, I have to imagine that, you know, we, we talked about this a ton about how we thought that some of the moves were, you know, Tony La Russa based last season and the season before. And, you know, whether Liam Hendricks was, was, or wasn't whatever. Um, but, you know. Yeah, of course, you know, Rickon doesn't want to leave his guy flapping out there in the wind with, you know, half of a pitching staff and, you know, a bunch of black holes in the lineup, you know. He's going he's gonna to have to do something, I would imagine. Now, I mean, whether they decide to, you know, go with an internal option at second base, you know, okay, that, that I could, you know, I could – absolutely see that happening because you've got you know two three guys who could pot you know you put one of the three in there you have to imagine one of them can at least be halfway decent you know not yeah and not to mention if you resign mendic you know which who knows whether that's going to happen or not right and and the thing is is you know before the offseason started there was maybe a little bit of a market where you could go out and find a second baseman but a couple of those uh, top names in the second base market have already come off the board, uh, either re-signing with the team they're on or signing somewhere else, somebody jumping on it early. Uh, you know. Now, are you looking at trying to trade for one of those guys? And I, I would say that's probably doubtful that you're going to go out and trade for a two- or three-war second baseman when there's a possibility that you have one in your system already. Yeah, I mean, I... I would be pretty surprised unless they manage to, you know, trade and get something really good. 
Uh, I don't right. really. I, I wouldn't be surprised if if you know it's going to be either Yolbert or Lenin Sosa or Romy Gonzalez manning second base, and maybe they go out and try and find a left-handed outfielder to play opposite of Colas because you know that's who's going to be in right field. Yeah, so, Colas is pretty much. It's already, I would say, a, a foregone conclusion that if not right away. And, you know, we've talked about this. It'll probably be right away, barring some kind of weird spring happening. But uh, at this particular moment, it looks like Colas is going to be the guy oh, in yeah. right field. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. And, you know, it's something we've talked about on this stream slash podcast for a while now is Aloy Jimenez looked like a true DH last season. So why on earth would you go back to putting faulty defense out in left field and giving it to a guy who is a potential, you know, broken arm, torn pectoral, twisted ankle, ripped hamstring kind of player out there. You know what I mean? The guy's diving in nets and hanging on walls and finds himself on the, uh, you know, the IL quite often. So let him swing the bat. He seemed comfortable in that role. Let's get some defense out there for a team that didn't have any defense or, you know, wasn't, was what, top, bottom three in, in all of baseball uh, as a team defensively last year. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Why not, man? Yeah. I, I, yes. Scott Merkin <laughs> dropped uh, dropped something on, you know, out, out into the, out into the world today uh, saying, mentioning Jake Berger being the DH for the Sox this uh, upcoming season. And if that's the case, then you're looking at Aloy back in left field again. I, and I don't, I don't understand it, you know? So, but uh, that was something that he felt uh, the need to drop on everybody today, which I was like, yeah, this makes not a whole lot of sense. I mean, at this point, I kind of think that, you know, you know. I, I mean, I, I like Jake Berger, and the guy can hit. I mean, that was always the thing is that he could. The quote was, "He can roll out of bed and hit." And yeah, he's, pro- he's proved that. You know, the guy gets out on the field and he he hits. The problem is, is that he's been injured a lot. You know, between, you know, obviously between the double Achilles, but no, then also, so- you know. Him getting hit in the hands, I mean, it's happened uh, in the last two seasons. It's happened like six, seven times. So, yeah, twice on the wrist where he was, you know, he missed significant time both times where he got it on the wrist. Uh, yeah, it's 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 tough. Uh, and, you know, a kid battled back multiple times. Uh, through injuries and other adversities and, you know, all the way down to the fan base wanting to throw him under the bus. And then he comes back and, you know, he does what he does. He comes back and he rakes and he's hitting bombs when nobody else on the team is hitting dingers. And all of a sudden the fan base loves him. Yeah. Oh, Burger, the same people that want to throw him under the bus. Ah, he's a head case. Oh, yeah, the unfortunate. He's at bit. home playing Fortnite and, and eating pizzas until five in the morning. Well, he's never going to come back. Blah, yeah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah there's you know, a lot of the same people that said that, you know, Kopech was soft as well. And, oh, yeah. You know, I mean, whatever. You know, people, people have different, you know, brains. It's that's as simple as you can put it. Is that people have different brains and people think differently. It's just the way it is. Ivan says you need good defensive outfielders, and Aloy isn't it. That's yeah. You won't find any disagreement on this stream. Yeah. No. <laughs> um. So uh, another thing that I've heard about the uh, the Clevenger signing that people don't like is they mention that. His spin rates have been less since the sticky stuff went away. But, I mean, he was out all year in 2021 when they banned spider tech and all that stuff. So he wasn't even pitching that year. Right. And if you look at 2020, uh, his spin rates were down in 2020. 
Before the ban. Before. Right. So so my the thinking arm was already hurting. That's that's what I'm thinking, you know, and hurty. Hurty. you know, and I mean, we'll, we'll go into this now and I don't really ever really want to talk about it again because I personally don't care that much, I guess. I mean, you can talk about him being a bad teammate, whatever, but uh, him and uh, Zach Plesak going out on the town during COVID restrictions and, uh, you know, quite possible, you know, how about not quite possibly, but possibly putting their, their teammates in, you know, harm's way. Besides the fact that, you know, they're with, you know, apparently we're within the uh, CDC guidelines of how many people that you know, you're supposed to hang out with Max in a group and all that stuff. Apparently they did pay attention to that stuff, but, uh, you know, the, the narrative goes that he's a bad teammate and, you know, that he puts unnecessary yeah. risks on there. Well, you know, people are going to get a hold of that information and run with it because it's the nature of the beast. When you're in the public eye, you know, baseball players are no different than politicians or actors and movie stars and anybody else who's famous. They're going to get critiqued. And the reality is they're human beings just like the rest of us. Just because they go out and they make millions of dollars to play a child's game, which every single one of us in this stream, I'm sure, would probably jump at that kind of opportunity. They're still dudes just like, you know, we are. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, people get this, you know, they get this little wind of uh, some sort of news and. It's easy to dump on somebody real quick, isn't it? Yeah, no, and it, it's thing, easy to pass yeah. judgment on somebody you don't know anything about outside yep. of uh, a stat sheet. Yep, pretty much. And uh, <laughs> say that he's a terrible human being. I mean, you know, I've seen him wearing a Grateful Dead hat, so you know, you know, if they're gonna say he's a, you know, lazy hippie, fine, I get it. Okay. You know, but uh, to say that he's a bad person because he went out and hung out with some people and uh, had a couple of drinks at a restaurant, I like, I just don't, I don't quite follow, you know. I mean, I understand that everybody was, uh, you know, super militant about COVID at that particular time, but, you know, I mean, against, you know, against man, team curfew and all that old. stuff, so you got to follow the rules. I understand that, but I mean to say that he's a terrible person. But then, you know, he ends up getting suspended for a little bit, and then he gets traded to the Padres, and then, what, four starts later, he needs Tommy John. Yeah. So. Yeah. You know, and all I got to say, you, 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 27, 28 years old, if I had millions of dollars in my pocket and you told me I couldn't go out to dinner and have a cocktail, I'd probably tell you to go, you know, take a flying leap. Yeah. Uh, another one and, uh, I heard was uh, he's friends with Trevor Bauer. Uh, again, which, you know, they were teammates for years. And, uh, you know, I mean, say what you want about Trevor Bauer, but, uh, you know, people do things, what people do in their private times doesn't necessarily mean that that's going to be something that's going to stop you from being friendly with somebody that you're sitting in a locker right next to. Just yeah. my two cents there. Yeah, so. and I, you know, I don't really like to speak on the whole Trevor Bauer thing, but I gotta say, there's been some evidence that has come out, come forward uh, in the last few months here that I don't know, make the case against him sound really, really bad, like it was all a, a headhunt. Yeah, uh, and that you know, I mean, there's photographic evidence with yeah, you know, it's dated, timed, time stamped that. Uh, show maybe the allegations against him were probably the farthest thing from the truth. Well, I mean, <laughs> you know, I, I, I'm not a lawyer. But I don't want, and I don't that's know. That's why I said probably. Yeah, I, I'm not going to say 100%, but I mean, there is some pretty damning evidence that uh, this young woman uh, may have stretched the truth quite a bit. Maybe a little bit. That. I, and that's, I mean, that's entirely possible. I just, uh, at this point, like why? Even bother. I mean, he's not even playing baseball anymore. So, you know, he can sue her till whatever, and you know, right. And you know, the other point of that is too is uh, just because they were friends doesn't mean they're the same person. So, yeah, uh, exactly. You know, 
Yeah, it doesn't mean that he's got the uh, the same issues that are going to land him in the same spot. Uh, one thing that uh, White Sox Premium K mentions is uh, concern he has about Clevenger is he didn't pitch well in San Diego, and being that it's a pitcher's park, if he wasn't down due to recovery from the TJ, it doesn't bode well for him pitching in Comiscular, which I, yeah, okay, I could see that. Uh, just my only thing is that the, the velocity dipped as the year went on. You, yeah. And, uh, you know, it takes, I mean, most of the time it takes guys time to get their command back. So, and, you know, he's going to have problems missing bats if he's missing his locations by eight inches. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, it's just kind of one of those things. It, you know, it's a it's a one-year, $12 million contract. You know, you me. see what happens, and uh, if he pitches well for you, he's probably gone. If he pitches bad for you, he's probably gone. So, you know, I, the only way I look at it is that it's a improvement over Vince Velasquez, and uh, it's an it's another arm, you know, uh, because yeah, it, you don't know what you're going to get. Of, the likelihood of a, a Johnny Cueto reunion uh, was probably – I won't say impossible, but it was on the slim margin yeah. anyway. And there's still a chance that might happen. We don't know. Uh, but, you know, to do what the White Sox are doing, it, it, the, the funny thing is, is I've seen so many Sox fans on the socials say, well, it's been too quiet. It's been too quiet on the Sox front. And I'm thinking to myself, well, has it really been? We're not even at the it's winter meeting. not even December yet. Right. We're, we have not hit the winter, G, you know, the winter meetings. Uh Pumped brakes here, folks. Yeah. Things, you know, just because last year and last year, things kind of got hot right around this time. If yeah. you remember, it was just yeah. after Thanksgiving. It was that week between Thanksgiving and the first of December where things got crazy. Part of that was because the whole world knew a lockout was coming. Yeah. Well, and I mean, guys, that's part you know, of it. I mean, just the other part was is that they the, wanted to get their guys locked down before you know, before that whole thing happened and right. You know, they don't want to be right. scrambling at the end, like the white Sox. you right. know, and then sitting there, you know, at the end, just holding, holding yourself and saying, well, we still need a second baseman, a right fielder and a starting pitcher. Yeah. You know, right. So let's go sign Vince Velasquez. Cool. Uh, Mark says, uh, Jake PV was a huge grateful dead fan too. Just saying, yeah, that is that is true. Um, hey, uh oh, you know, whatever. Um, <laughs> he also uh, says that Cueto's linked to the Astros as well. Any validation to that? I've heard the same rumor. Um, what you know, if there's any fire with that uh, artificially made smoke on Twitter, I do not know. Um, I didn't hear it from an official source, so I couldn't say. Ivan says, I would like an Elvis reunion. You know, the only issue I have with that is that, you know, he's generally got a lower WRC plus than Josh Harrison, and they let Josh Harrison walk for, you know, walk for a minimal buyout. Right. So are you going to go out and spend $5 million on Elvis when offensively he's worse than Harrison? And Harrison plays more positions and has and, actually played yeah, something else Elvis other now? than shortstop. Uh, I think he's like thirty six or something. Five or thirty six. Like, yeah, he's, he's not. And, he's not young. Uh, that second half of the season, that after coming over to the White Sox, his numbers were inflated higher than any one single half a season during his career before that point. So uh, the outlier looks like that second half of season last year. He's never performed at that level for three months yeah, straight it, anywhere else in his career. And do we think that that's going to happen again at, you know, 36 years old? That's a risk in my opinion. That's yeah. a, that's a much bigger risk than, than, you know, I mean, history tends to repeat itself. Could that be, uh, you know, one of those diamond in the rough moments where a guy figures it out in his old age possibly but do you want to take that risk looking at the history of the player i do not and uh yeah no i i agree uh Sox fans and I, i'm not talking uh anything bad against ivan's idea here because he's not the only one a lot of Sox fans oh, yeah. share in that 
that sentiment. And I appreciated but, uh, what he did last year, you know? Absolutely. But as pointed I mean, he out, was actually a spark when the Sox needed one. Yeah, and, and he was you know, telling to people one. to sack up because they were right. uh, all having issues. And, yeah, it's mentioned, it's like, but Elvis is going to continue to do what he did in two months here. My point exactly is that, you know, even after he did all that, his WRC plus for the year, I think, was still under what Josh Harrison's normal WRC plus is for his career numbers. Right. So a uh, large percentage of Sox fans want to trade, move TA off a shortstop and put Elvis there. Yeah, no, I'm not uh, I'm not on board with that. Trade um, TA, I don't have a problem with that as long as you get a right amount of return for it. And but, if uh, you make trade, a corresponding move that makes sense. Right. You Trading know? TA for Elvis Andrews does not sit well with me whatsoever. No, absolutely not. Uh, I will mention the final uh, thing about the Mike Clevenger signing that uh, gives me pause, and that is I hate watching him pitch. <laughs> it's got to be the dancing, right? I, <laughs> I there it is. Oh, I can't. <laughs> I can't watch it now. You know, if he's, if he's putting, you know, if he, if he's putting dubs up fine, you know, I'll be a fan, but I mean, Oh, the happy feet, man. I just, ah, man. And it's not a balk because it's in the windup and you can't balk from the windup like that. So it doesn't matter. But I mean, even still, you know, it's so he just sit there and watch it and it's just, Oh my gosh. So I'm just gonna oh. I'm gonna leave that there because that's we're gonna what we're gonna be looking at for a bunch of this, a bunch of the season I think yeah every fifth day yeah. tap 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 shuffle 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 I used to love watching the Dodgers send him home send him to He's the showers needing. early maybe this <laughs> turns into AJ part two yeah he is he's. I don't know. I don't, I'm not 100 percent sure what that whole that feet that feet shuffle thing is. I don't know if he's got restless leg syndrome or what the heck's going on. <laughs> but man, RLS. Oh my Yeesh. god! I'll tell you what, though. There's one thing for sure. If uh, if he comes out this year and he doesn't pitch well, he's definitely got a job over there in Italy, uh, stomping on some grapes. For oh, sure. that's a good idea. Go over there. Go over there and make some wine because. Uh, he got some antsy, antsy feet, man. Again, this is one of those things where I'm cautiously optimistic. Uh, do I expect him to, you know, be in the in the Cy Young voting next season? Absolutely not. Uh, do I expect a, some sort of uh, improvement over his last season? Hey, there's a good possibility in my mind. Uh, you know, like we said, just to summarize. One year more removed from TJ, you hope that there's a little bit of improvement. Even if that improvement isn't leaps and bounds, he's got a, a solid spot in the rotation. You know, if he brings that 4-3-3 ARA down to uh, high threes, uh, you know, and he misses a, a few more bats than he did last season, keeps the walk rate, you know, fairly low, I'm all in. For $12 million, what the heck? Why not? Yeah, I you know I, that that's the whole thing. You know, it is a it is an improvement over Velasquez, and you know, I mean, you don't want to count on Davis Martin to continue doing what he did this year, a hundred percent. You know, and even improve. You know, so you, you don't want to rely on that. So having another arm there, it makes. I mean, it just makes sense. You're trying to cover your bases, and for you know a reasonable amount of money for a decent free agent. I mean, I'm not saying that, you know, like you said, Cy Young, no, but, you know, at least serviceable for a fourth, fifth starter. I I don't know if Velasquez is gone or not. I don't think so. I thought we had another option, on him, <laughs> and I think that they kept it. I'm going to yeah, look was, that up I right think now. He was, I mean, he came fairly cheap, so... uh. Because was he? It was originally a uh, a contract that he was signed to. No, I thought it was a two year. I'm I'm looking it up right now. 
Yeah, possibly. Um, you know, here's the thing, too. We talked about this exact thing uh, last offseason as well when we heard about Vince Velasquez and, you know, Johnny Cueto, and people weren't really sure about either one of those. And, uh, yeah, Velasquez is gone. You know, the thing is, is Major League Baseball teams uh, generally go through, I think, I, what was it, what did we say that? Without looking back, the average, I want to say, was between 8 and 10 starting pitchers per season was league average. Yeah, I think it's 11, actually, but yeah. Okay, so 11 different starting pitchers. Now, granted, some of those are going to be your spot starters that maybe come up from minors or bullpen guys who, you know, make a spot start. And I'm not sure if they're uh, even including the, you know, the new trend of having the starter, the opener. The opener. Uh, The opener. But, uh, you know, there is nobody makes it through an entire season with just their starting five. So having a death move like this for exactly having a death move like this for, you know, $12 million, not the worst thing in the world. Honestly, Uh, you can say it was an overpay. You can say you hope for more, but it's early in the offseason. Maybe we'll see something more, but either way, you know, pitching is always going to be a place of need in just about any organization. And the Sox went out and got somebody, got somebody with a decent track record, you know, um, Injury aside, you know, before that looked like a, a really solid pitcher. Yeah, so. for sure. I, yeah, I, I'm not, I, it's $12 million and it's a better signing than I was expecting. So Absolutely. I did not even expect that much. I so. did not either. I mean, granted, you know, we can split hairs and say, well, he's not a lefty, but you know, I will take the possibility of having a, higher ceiling you know and pay the 12 instead of paying 10 and or you know 8 and getting something that's going to be complete garbage you know well yeah well let's just talk about this not being a lefty thing for a second though because you know I get that yeah if he's got a higher upside than any of the cheap or cheaper lefties that you might have been able to get on a one year deal you know, coming out this season, uh, fine. But on that same thread, every single one of the playoff teams this past season had at least one lefty starter in their rotation. Uh, and I think it's it's kind of a big deal. I have been known to say that I don't care if it's lefty or righty, whatever. Show me results. Yeah, if you give me blah blah blah, right? Right. If you right, you give me the results, I'll take them. But at the same time, now when you're when you're getting into the postseason and you can maybe force the opposing team to change its lineup a little bit because they feel like they have better matchups uh, against a particular left-handed pitcher. Uh, and you might force maybe one or two of the better bats out of the lineup or a different place in the order. Uh, that can change things up. It, you know, there's something to be said about those things. Now, you know, your true top of the tier teams are going to probably perform either way. But we're talking about a White Sox team who didn't even make the playoffs last year. And the two previous seasons that they did was the first time that they had went to the playoffs in back-to-back seasons and had dismal showings both times. Absolute trash, one win showings both times. Having maybe that a little bit of an advantage, and they did have that. Carlos Rodon in the rotation a couple of years ago. Yeah, well. Uh, unfortunately, it wasn't an unhealthy yeah, exactly. Carlos Rodon at the end of the season. So, um, you know, I, I just hope that somewhere along the lines we do find ourselves that, that lefty starter that they can put in a rotation that's at least serviceable. Yeah, well, Jim Bowden, uh, former GM, did mention that the White Sox problems would be solved by signing Carlos Rodon, so there's that. Uh, You know, I wouldn't (laughs) mind a reunion, but you're going to have to dig deep into the pockets for that one. He's not going to come cheap. Yeah, they're saying it's projected like $25 something like that. 
Yeah, well, I mean, he had a he had a twenty two million dollar contract that he walked away out and tried to get himself some more, and uh, that's probably not a bad move because he's definitely going to get more than the twenty two that he got, or was going to get, or at least he was going to he's going to get an extended amount of years at that price. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I, I you know I think that is probably going to be like somewhere along the lines of uh, four or five years, probably at twenty five a clip, probably one hundred fifty million bucks. At least for his sake, I hope so. I hope he gets that bag. You know, needs to keep some uh, clothes on those those kids and uh, put some new shoes on their feet. You know. Yeah. So. And you know, got to keep Ashley uh, living that high life. You know what I mean? Yep. You ain't living a high life. Yep. <laughs> I believe Phillies and Astros had one lefty starter. It wasn't a huge deal for either team. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. That. Yeah. Okay. F- not really a big deal, except for one of those lefty starters is Framber Valdez, and he's pretty good. So, I mean, I wouldn't say that it's necessarily it matters that he's left-handed. It's just that he's just nasty. Yeah, he's filthy. Um, so, uh, going from Deadhead to Jeffhead, the White Sox Jeffhead. hired a senior, uh, what is it, senior strength and development director i believe uh senior director of sports performance that's what it is that's it this goes along with the uh, hiring of logan jones from the d-backs as a strength coach um just some background on geoff head uh he was the head of the reds strength and conditioning program and something that i found interesting is that uh I think that the to answer the question that's in chat, you think the Astros don't win it without Valdez. I'll say it would have been a lot more difficult, a lot more difficult because he was pretty dominant every time he took the mound. You know, I mean, I still think they get to the World Series. I just don't know if uh, without Valdez, if they could hold down the Phillies lineup for you know, as well as obviously as Valdez did. Um, so the thing about Jeff Head is he's running the red strength and conditioning program and they have 50 staff for strength and conditioning with the reds. And he was in charge of all that got him through COVID, you know, without any major issues. Uh, I think they had a couple here and there guys that had it. Uh, but, wasn't I, if I remember correctly, it wasn't anything crazy. Um, yeah, but uh, you know, kinesiology degree and all that stuff. And he was with the Reds since 2019, and then he was with the Giants for a dozen years before that, doing basically every strength and conditioning job that they had on his way up. So, um, you know, experienced. Um, they said that, you know, the Reds said that, uh, he was not retained after last year. And, uh, they said that it was due to wanting, get wanting to get different voices around the team, which sounds very familiar. Um, I guess that, you know, the thing that we're going to find out though, is, is he good at his job? I don't know. I guess I'm going to, we're going to find out, but I, the thing that I do enjoy is that we are hiring more and more people outside from outside of the organization. Of the organization. That's exactly what I was going to say. You yeah. took the word right out of my mouth. Yeah. Do I know that this that this is going to be a, a great move? No. For him, it's probably a lateral move. He's going to be doing the same job that he's been doing yeah. uh, for another organization. But it hasn't been the White Sox. And let's be honest, uh, the White Sox have been pretty awful in that department for some years now. Uh, You know, he might not have been the greatest thing you've ever seen with the Reds. But uh, there's a good chance that he's at least a minor improvement over what we've been looking at the last couple of seasons. Uh, Is it perfect? If that's what it turns out to be? No, but it is an improvement. 
And like you said, it's not the insular, recognizable, familiar face that we of Sox fans have come to see year in and year out from this organization. We we see and we hear, I should say, we hear every year that, uh, oh, you know, we're looking at options. We're going to do some things to improve in some of our lacking areas. And then things don't really change. Nope. They just so slide at least we're one seeing... guy over and then plug another one in from somewhere else in the organization. Right. And now we're seeing those moves come from outside the organization. To me, that in itself is a plus. Now we just have to kind of keep our fingers crossed to see if it is the right plus, if it is the right kind of move. Yeah, I don't know. I couldn't say I don't really know anything about the guy. You know, I looked up the same stuff you did there. It's it's pretty cut and dry. Everything that's out there on the interwebs about this uh, gentleman. But, uh, you know, we'll see. Yeah. So White Sox premium K, none of the outside of the organization hires matter for strength and conditioning if they don't enforce how guys take care of themselves off the field and if there's still no accountability if they don't. So one thing I will say about that in particular is that um, one one of the aspects of the program that uh, Jeff had, I'm just going to call him Jeff had, um, one of the things that he implemented with the Reds was uh, sleeping schedules and uh, – Fairly strict, you know, not strict, strict diets, but, uh, you know, healthy diets and, uh, and and exercise. I know. Crazy, right? So, uh, yeah. Now, whether or not, you know, Yohan Moncada is going to go and hang out at a bar until 4 o'clock in the morning. Um, he is the head, He's Jeff. The, that is totally he is true. The head, Jeff. Nice job, Grimtall. That's good. You don't have to see yourself out. That's 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 a that's a worthy that is a worthy oh. apt description of Jeff Head. He is. Yeah, we could. Uh, yeah, he is the director. So you would you could definitely say he is the head Jeff. How many other uh, Geoffs and, and I have welcome, been with the White Sox? I can think of Geoff with that Bloom, spelling or Blum. Jeff Blum. Yeah, that's the only one yeah, I can that think spelling. of. Yeah, the G E O F F Geoffrey. Yeah. Uh. Yeah, there was a certain giraffe for a certain uh, toy store. Ah, uh, Joffrey the uh, Jeffrey, Jeffrey the uh, giraffe. Yeah, Toys R Us. I don't want to grow up. Yep, Jeff Bodine. Uh, well, yeah, Jeff Bodine, but I mean, he wasn't on the White Sox. No, I mean Jeff Tate. You know, singer for Queensryche. But, uh, again, not on the White Sox. Don't forget that for Moncada, the late-night bar has to be in Indiana and likely close to the horseshoe. Yeah. Yeah, I remember that rumor as well. Yeah. Yeah, whatever. I mean, hopefully they manage to rein him in because if he does not perform this uh, this upcoming season... Pitchforks and torches are going to be out for that guy. I mean, not that they haven't been for the last couple of years anyway, despite the fact of him having a four-war season or whatever it was. Uh, yeah, that, you know, and you you know, you know, brought up Jake Berger earlier. Uh, I've also heard people talking about, oh, trade Jake Berger because there's not a spot for him because, you know, Yohan Moncada is going to start all season long. But uh, we also have to remember that Yohan Moncada has had the uh, – bad back and hammy issue that seems to have plagued the White Sox. Uh, it kind of as a whole, you know, he's got some bum legs. Uh, you might want to keep Rake Berger around for a little bit. And if Yohan doesn't perform, at least you got a guy that you know can hit the ball. Yeah. Does he does he does he perform at the same defensive level as Yohan does? No, not, not even awful close. either, but he's not awful. He's you know, not, he, he's not he, the worst. But he I, can muff you know, a, a a play here and there, but 
you yeah. know, bat plays. And unfortunately, when we talk about this team and its defensive woes, there were some other positions on the field that were much more concerning defensively than third base with Jake Berger was. Yeah, no, for sure. And I'll just I, leave it at that. The only thing I'll say about the, you know, I, I like Jake Berger. Really great guy. Can hit a baseball. His glove was never supposed to be his best trait. It was supposed to be adequate. And that's pretty much right. what it is. The only thing that I happen to happen to notice is that he kind of has like that uh, that TA thing going on where if it happens once, like they come in bunches, yeah. you know, where if he has one error, he's more than likely going to have another one or two within, you know, the next game or two. And then he'll straighten it out for a while, you know. I mean, it just seemed to be the way things worked. and uh, But there are certainly worse options out there than penciling in Berger if Mankata manages to, uh, you know, have hamstring and back and quad and ankle and knee injuries and shoulders and ribs. Yeah, whatever, uh, you know, we there's a chance that we could see an extended uh, amount of play out of Jake. Like, it was starting to look uh, like this past season before, you know, Jake had uh, some injury issues of his own. Yeah. Yeah, but, that's uh, the thing is that in uh in Charlotte he never quite got back on track uh last season because you know, he got hit in the hand twice and uh the first time broke his his uh his hand or, sl- or wrist one or the other, I can't remember. And then the second one just rebruised it again and he had to take another couple of weeks off. I mean, he's got super unlucky. You know. Yeah, so, and when your bat is your biggest weapon, and you're swinging through pain, of course you're going to have some difficulties. Uh, you know, but uh, time has kind of uh, moved on since then, and you, you hope that uh, the injuries are uh, moving along with it. Yeah. And can I just say, <laughs> I got to say, you know, as we're sitting here talking all this time, we're almost an hour into this show tonight, and uh, Mike Clevenger's happy feet have been up there for the better part of it. And, I, you know, there's something about it that the way we have it set up here on the stream screen is uh, slightly hypnotic. Yeah, no, it's fine. <laughs> it's not bothering me now. It's just when I watch him do it when he's pitching. That's when it gets to me. This, right. is, this isn't too bad. Um, so n- now that you mentioned it, uh, we're almost uh, an hour in. Um, I'd like to take, like, the last... 10-ish, 15-ish minutes here and talk about the inevitable that happened today, which is that Jose Abreu was reported as signing a three-year, almost $60 million contract with the Astros. Going to miss the man. I saw it coming. We I, most of us did saw it coming. Um, it's a it's a weird situation when you can't retain your best offensive weapon for almost a decade because you drafted a first baseman in the first round. Um, now I'm not saying that I'm unhappy about it or that I disagree with it. I just Simply throwing that out there that the roster construction for this franchise has been a little less than ideal leading up to That's this a good moment. Way to put it. I, I think that the last couple of drafts have been pretty solid and I like how that they how they've gone younger, you know, they've gone prep the last couple of years, uh quite uh more regularly than they did before. Uh, it's not just all college arms that they're trying to turn into bullpen guys that are ready right away, which, you know, I'm here for. Clevenger's happy feet will be the Sox logo for 2023. Hey, if he does it in socks, we could put it inside of a circle and then put it as an arm patch on the jersey. It'll be good. Hey. Um, there you go. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, three years, $60 million. How are you feeling about that? Um, I, uh, had the opportunity to have a little chat with, uh, with my guys, uh, 
that I am an admin with on, on Facebook. And I wouldn't even say it's a chat. I just kind of let it, you know, my feeling on this be known. And I'll keep it short and sweet. Uh, yes, as you said, he will be missed. Uh, obviously, over the last decade or so, probably my favorite White Sox player. Um, but, you know, I actually am glad that of all the places he could have went to, because it was reported he could have went to Cleveland, which would have been awful. <sighs> we would have, yeah, Cleveland had a three-year deal on the table for him as early as this, or, you know, as late as this morning, I should say, wow. before he actually ended I up signing. I did not hear that. Yes, Cleveland put a three-year, I don't know the exact uh, details on that, but it was reported that Cleveland had a three-year deal on the table for him. Uh, we had heard whispers that the Padres were in on him. We heard some uh, We heard some reports that the Cubs were looking at him. Yeah, All three of those places are places I would not have wanted to see as Abreu. Obviously, Cubs, because, you know, we'll never hear the end of it as Sox fans. Uh, you know, Cleveland, we would have had to face Jose Abreu, you know, 10, 12 series, however many series is, or how many games it is yeah, throughout the season. Yeah, with the and, realignment uh, situation. Yeah. Uh, and then, of course, the Padres, who are just, they seem to be in on everybody that the White Sox either are in on or have already had on their roster that have done them any good. Including Clevenger. Uh, Ironically. Including Clevenger, yeah. it, you know, it seems like the Padres go out and do everything they can to troll us. AJ Preller's got a, you know, he's got a Woody for uh, Rick Hahn and his boys. But uh, you know, of all the places Jose could have went to, Houston, I- I'm happy because, like I said, as our as our guy being, you know, one of our favorites, I I'd like to see the guy get an opportunity to, to play for a club that is perennially going deep into the playoffs. And, yeah. you know, if he's not going to get a shot here, which, you know, remains to be seen on how this, you know. Even without Jose Abreu, out. I don't see how the White Sox are going to get past the Astros. Right. So, you know, maybe he gets himself a ring. They, they just seem to be able to move players in and out of their lineup and their roster with ease and continue to be dominant each and every postseason, whether or not they come out with a World Series win. But they they make a deep run, and they look really good in the postseason for you know year over year the last 10 or 12 years here or so, it seems like. So, yeah, I, you know, I'm happy for Jose. I'll put it to you like that. And, you know, we all knew that this current roster for the White Sox cannot support four DH slash first base types. It just couldn't. And not, well, it couldn't support it and expect to do the great things that we are hoping they will do. Does that make sense? Yeah. I mean, I know that he signed with the Astros already, but. Had he signed with the Guardians, could you imagine the Jose's on the corners? The White Sox having to go and face Ramirez and Abreu. Yikes. I mean, I'll, you know, you know, Altuve and Tucker. I and say. Those guys, okay, cool. But Ramirez where, and where Abreu, did I see? it's like two. I saw it somewhere earlier today, a goodbye Killer Bees. Now it's the... Uh... Something Jays, the smoking Jays, all the Jays on that yeah, team. Yeah, the JAs on the right side of the diamond. Jose Abreu, Jose Ramirez, Tuve. Oh, well, Ramirez. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he'll be missed. Um, I'm going to go ahead and put his, his, lovely, uh, his lovely emote. In the chat, I've been waiting to retire this emote because I didn't feel right getting rid of it just yet. The old MVP to emote. <sighs> Not looking forward to getting rid of that. But, uh, you know, it's about time to uh, 
revamp the emotes anyway. I guess uh, might as well get rid of the uh, the first the first ever White Sox daily live emote first. I guess we'll have to yeah. uh, replace it with somebody else. Maybe uh, you know we'll get the uh, get an alloy or something like that. Maybe I'll. Uh, Maybe I'll do an animated emote of Clevenger's feet popping up and down if he pitches really well. But uh, yeah, you know, we'll uh, we'll have to we'll have to sit down and figure out some more. Oh yeah, I could do Vaughn as well. That's I mean, <laughs> you know, I don't want I don't you know if I do one of Vaughn though, I don't want copyright infringement from Wallace and Gromit. You know, that's all I'm saying. Right. So, uh, who knows? Maybe, maybe Oscar Colas will give us something to, to, uh, you know, that would be lovely. Let's get something from somebody who's going to stick around for a little bit. So we don't have to retire it so soon. You know, we had the old, uh, your mean clubhouse dance that, uh, yeah, I still haven't changed that. I got to fix that. Yeah. Hmm. We've, you know, there's there's been a couple that we've had to kind of retire, but uh, yeah, I'm gonna have to uh, also probably get rid of. Uh, I'm gonna get rid of the TLR, the running TLR emote as well, even though I don't want nah, to. we can't. I don't think we can. That one's gonna live on in me forever. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's, I, I, it's a keeper. Slight reworking. We'll figure something out. Um, dancing for Dubs emote. Well, unfortunately, Zach Collins isn't here either. Isn't here anymore either. Uh, Zach I, Collins, Adam Engel. Yeah, Adam Engel and Danny Mendick. None of them are with and the Danny team. Danny Yeah. So uh, trying to think of who else was. Uh, I think uh, Giolito got in a, a little bit, but the thing is, he's probably not going to be here after next year unless he pitches. Unless he underperforms, and yeah. even if he does underperform, I would be pretty shocked actually if he does come back next year. So, yeah, yeah, it's unfortunate. This has been two or three seasons now where we were hearing about just going to get his extension done. Yeah, or actually, I should say there was two two years there where when is Lucas going to get his extension done? We're not hearing it this year. We're not hearing it this year. Why? Oh, because Lucas didn't perform. Yep. Everybody's ready to throw him under the bus. I expect Lucas Giolito to come in 12, 15 pounds lighter than he was last season and get yeah. some of that velo back. Uh, you know, he says he bulked up. Because he thought it was going to give him, you know, the extra the juice extra to make drive. it through the long season. Yep. Yeah. And uh didn't work out for him. Yeah, unfortunately, it just and, screwed up all his mechanics. Yeah, with a new uh, new strengthening uh, conditioning staff and all these new coaches and staff hires that uh, the White Sox are making. I'm kind of thinking that uh, Luke gets back on track. Not to mention that it is a contract year, and we know what happens with a lot of guys during contract seasons, especially you know, guys that they... really want to get to free agency. So, and he is that guy. Yeah, he's looking for a payday for sure. Indeed. Well, it's a good place to call it for the week, unless uh, something crazy comes up. Um, <clears throat> I didn't really think that it was. Uh, Necessary to call a uh, an emergency stream for uh, Mike Clevenger, even though I I actually kind of like the signing just because it's more than I was expecting. Um, not worthy of a you know emergency. emergency. Oh, we got to drop what you're yeah, doing. Exactly. Now that's that's not that move. Um, if they trade no, TA and a- sign Trey Turner, then we'll have an emergency stream yeah that's a that's a call your son's call your daughter's kind of moment hmm uh the hawk all right well uh at daily white Sox on twitter white Sox 
daily.substack.com is our website where you can find this in podcast form and you can also find it in uh, you know at all of the normal places that people get their podcasts you know Spotify Apple podcasts uh what is that uh, Odyssey and Podbean. Podbean yeah, um, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah you can get it over there um we have a YouTube channel which is linked in the uh in the description below the stream Get it on the tubs. Yeah, we have a uh, Facebook uh, appreciation page. Um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, not much going on over there at the, at the Facebook page. I take full responsibility for that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, well, I take. Sorry, I, I, guys. I want Facebook to take, you know, responsibility for that. But yeah, uh, that too. Okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, thanks everybody for coming and hanging out in the chat and. Uh, providing uh, excellent commentary on the way back to us. We appreciate it. We always appreciate having you guys around. Thanks, Pusher. Have a good night as well. Hopefully, uh, Battlefield's going well for you. Hopefully, you're shooting lots of people. Um, Pew, pew. Yeah, so, you know, we'll be back next Monday, 9 p.m., like like normal. And uh, unless something crazy happens, something crazy happens, and then... uh, then we'll be on. <clears throat> hey, you got a little frog there, do you? There you go. We'll yes. The whistle. There he is. Wow. He's back. Yeah. I have to cut that out. We'll fix it in post. Um, yeah, so we'll be back, you know, unless something crazy happens. And then, uh, you know, maybe you'll see us pop on, you know, at some other point. But uh, more than likely, probably see you next Monday. Uh, my name is Ian Eskridge. For my co-host, the Danny Miller. You guys have a great night. Thanks a lot. Appreciate it. <laughs>